It's Friday, October 23rd, 2020. I'm Cameron Weir, and welcome to TMI Daily, your daily roundup of everything people are talking about online, since they aren't allowed to talk about it in person. At the presidential debate last night, a less combative Donald Trump appeared on stage, who, although lying throughout the 90 minutes, did allow moderator Kristen Welker to finish most of her statements without interruption, making this the first time ever that a woman finished before Trump. On the day the U.S. reached its fourth worst day of coronavirus infections, with over 72,000, Donald Trump still told debate viewers that the country was rounding the corner on the virus, which begs the question, how bad is the neighborhood this corner's on? After being attacked for not accepting liability over COVID's impact in America, Trump responded, I take full responsibility, but China brought it here, it's not my fault. I wonder who's going to take responsibility for him not knowing the meaning of the word responsibility. Trump did dispel one perception of them last night when he said that he was the least racist person in the debate hall because nothing says you're not a racist like having to say just how little of a racist you actually are. Polls about the debate from CNN and YouGov both found Biden to be the winner, while somehow polls about the debate from Fox and OAN both found AOC Plus 3 to be a terrorist organization. Despite Donald Trump releasing the interview early, 60 Minutes will still air the segment on Sunday, because the show's key demographic is still learning this whole interweb thing and hasn't seen it yet. Yesterday, Mitch McConnell had to belay fears for his health, after reporters noticed that both of his hands were severely bruised and bandaged. You know it's going to be a tough election day for Mitch when even his hands are going blue this year. South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, whose state is experiencing a marked increase in COVID cases, announced that if folks want to wear a mask, they're free to do so. Those who don't want to wear a mask shouldn't be shamed into it, and that the government just shouldn't mandate it. I think that makes her the first ever pro-choice Republican. Now imagine if uteruses wore masks. Am I right, Christy? Macy's announced that Santa Claus will not be at their stores this year due to COVID-19, breaking a nearly 160-year tradition. You can blame the lack of a miracle on 34th Street on the disaster on 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. 11-year-old Archie Yates, who had a standout supporting role in Jojo Rabbit, just signed with CAA and is currently starring in a remake of Home Alone. Ugh, 11-year-olds are signing with CAA, and here I am, a mature man with years of acting experience, and I'm stuck reading this crap for IMDb credit. Hang on, wait, we do get IMDb credit. Alright, just forget that last part. Hey, now let's send it over to tonight's TMI Daily Cast and Crew Roundtable. Stay safe. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of TMI Daily. Happy Friday. I'm Veronica Aiello, and as always, I'm joined by some of my TMI Hollywood family. Let's go around and say hello to everyone watching at home or listening to us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, or their streaming service of their choice. Let's start with you, Joe. Hi, everyone listening on the podcast in their beautiful BMW automobiles. How are you doing this Friday? Okay. <laughs> You know, this is some crap that Joe's always trying to promote stuff. <laughs> well, no, BMW invited me to their event on Sunday. How dare you? Drive some cars over at Angel Stadium, which, by the way, it's in Angel Stadium's parking lot. Peter and I were just saying it's because it's empty. Listen, and Jeep, even if it wasn't for COVID, it would still be empty. <laughs> Chief, listen, if, if you'll pull one of my leash payments, I'll talk about you on the air every day. <laughs> Emma. 
Hey, everyone. Sounds like Peter could use some real comfort food, like the kind you find at McDonald's. Ah, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Some crap. (laughs) Okay, so let's get started. It's Friday, and usually that means it's time for another Trump-free Friday. But due to the debate last night, we have to break our own rules for tonight. The good news, though, is that for at least one of the two people on stage... At last night's final presidential debate, it was the last time they will ever have a national audience to address. Now, who that will be, we will know sometime before January. Until then, tonight we're going to go through the debate and show you the highs and lows of the evening. But before we start, did any of you come into last night's debate with an impression on how it would go and leave with a different impression? If so, what happened? I was one of them too. Joe. So I was going in going, ah, and I was going out going, ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought, yeah, I thought Trump was going to be more unhinged. And I was actually surprised that he was actually, you know, able to control himself. So, yeah, but you know what? He's, he's a television guy. And so, you know, if he has to pretend to not be a lunatic for an hour and a half, you know, it's within his his uh, wheelhouse to do it. It's just that, you know, he didn't need need to to um, do it any time before now because he thought before that the best way to handle it is just to scream like a lunatic. So now that he realized that he wasn't supposed to do it, you had to know he was going to pivot in another way so that somebody would go, you know what? He really is a great guy. Like that other that other Donald Trump, that's not really him. This this is him. Yeah. Yes, but I also took incredible comfort that, like, while that was clearly his goal, by the end of the debate, he also started losing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, he couldn't quite stop himself from interrupting by the last half hour, from ranting, from bringing up things that, like, listen, I'm on, like, one side of the political spectrum, and I'm fairly well informed, but I'd like to think he's bringing up some things that we all know are untrue. Uh, He just couldn't help himself after a certain point. So I think it was kind of like the best of both worlds. Where it's like you got a little bit of like a real debate, but not so much that he's like fully sane. Oh, yeah. So we know that he can last about an hour, like trying to be civil. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's the one thing we did learn. So if, we're, so if, he, if he's going to have meetings with foreign dignitaries and stuff like that, no more than 60 minutes. Yeah, because he gets, he gets an ordery after that. <laughs> you got to put him down for, for a nap after that. But if you call it 60 minutes or he'll walk out. Him? When you watch him on the podium, you know, he gets antsy like this. For those of you listening, I'm moving from side to side. And it reminds me again of when I, when I used to teach children, you know, like especially kindergartners, like they just can't be still for that long. So I, I just find that very interesting about him. When everyone would be in the auditorium and you'd be in the presentation, you'd know exactly how long you got. <laughs> you, you know what I, what I was noticing? I don't know if anybody else noticed that he was basically using the, uh, the podium to hold him up. Uh, but this morning, the the, uh, the podium he was using filed for sexual harassment. Um, so so kind of went down. Oh, boo! He was like he was dry humping that, that podium. He would put his one tiny hand up, and you'd see him start to go backwards, and he'd have to like get a grip on the other. If you watch it a couple of times, that's happened. Probably, I know we're gonna have clips. Thank God he didn't have to drink any water. You see him stick his hand up. You watch. He kind of goes back a little. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah, maybe, there, maybe there was a ramp. Back and to the left. Back. There's that picture um, that's circulating all over the internet of him kind of, you know, leaning on the podium and like, like at like a 45 degree angle, so. Oh, and, and the double-handed drink. 
Yeah, he yeah. was he, he he looked like he was um hanging on to a 15-year-old um uh teen beauty queen the way he was going last night. Oh, that, that was terrible. I'm sorry. I, I apologize. That was one of my worst jokes. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm tired. It's Friday. That really wasn't the views a, of Peter don't it's, reflect it's been a long the views week. of Peter. It's been a long week. <laughs> to be to be fair though, I'm pretty sure there was a bunch of GOP people that tried to do that same joke with Biden. Didn't work with them either. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Okay. So let's go to the highlights. At the top of the debate, moderator Kristen Walker started off with the COVID crisis. Here is the first question to Donald Trump. If you, if you take a look at what we've done in terms of goggles and masks and gowns and everything else, and in particular ventilators, we're now making ventilators all over the world, thousands and thousands a month distributing them all over the world. It will go away. And as I say, we're rounding the turn. We're rounding the corner. It's going away. The country is heading into a dangerous new phase. More than 40,000 Americans are in the hospital tonight with COVID, including record numbers here in Tennessee. And since the two of you last shared a stage, 16,000 Americans have died from COVID. So please be specific. How would you lead the country during this next stage of the coronavirus crisis? Two minutes uninterrupted. So, as you know, 2.2 million people modeled out were expected to die. We closed up the greatest economy in the world in order to fight this horrible disease that came from China. It's a worldwide pandemic. It's all over the world. You see the spikes in Europe and many other places right now. Uh, If you notice, the mortality rate is down 85 percent. Uh, The excess mortality rate is way down and much lower than almost any other country. And we're fighting it, and we're fighting it hard. There is a spike. There was a spike in Florida, and it's now gone. There was a very big spike in Texas. It's now gone. There was a very big spike in Arizona. It's now gone. And there are some spikes and surges in other places. They will soon be gone. We have a vaccine that's coming. It's ready. It's going to be announced within weeks, and it's going to be delivered. We have... Uh, Operation Warp Speed, which is the military, is going to distribute the vaccine. I can tell you from personal experience that uh, I was in the hospital. I had it, and I got better. And I will tell you that uh, I had something that they gave me, a therapeutic, I guess they would call it. Some people could say it was a cure. But uh, I was in for a short period of time, and I got better very fast, or I wouldn't be here tonight. Oh, um, c- can I say something real quick? Um, just just so uh, anybody was wondering, um, the spike that went away in um, in um, Florida and Arizona today, they both had their highest case counts in, in three months. Well, the country's also had its highest. Yeah. The country as a whole had its highest hospitalization count ever. All right. And also, yeah. how dare he use a Star Trek reference? <laughs> Operation, well, you better change that ass shit right now, man. Operation, oh my gosh. So before I ask you guys to respond, uh, let's watch Joe Biden follow up with his answer, then we'll talk about it. 220,000 Americans dead. If you hear nothing else I say tonight, hear this. Anyone who's responsible for not taking control, in fact, not saying I'm, I take no responsibility initially, Anyone who's responsible for that many deaths should not remain as president of the United States of America. We're in a situation where there are a thousand deaths a day now, a thousand deaths a day, and there are over 70,000 new cases per day. Compared to 
What's going on in Europe, as the New England Medical Journal said, they're starting from a very low rate. We're starting from a very high rate. The expectation is we'll have another 200,000 Americans dead between now and the end of the year. If we just wore these masks, the president's own advisors have told him, we could save 100,000 lives. And we're in a circumstance where the president thus far and still has no plan, no comprehensive plan. What I would do is make sure we have everyone encouraged to wear a mask all the time. I would make sure we move in the direction of rapid testing, investing in rapid testing. I would make sure that we set up national standards as to how to open up schools and open up businesses so they can be safe and give them the wherewithal, the financial resources to be able to do that. We're in a situation now where the New England Medical Journal, one of the serious, most serious journals in the, in the whole world, said for the first time ever that this, the way this president has responded to this crisis has been absolutely tragic. And so, folks, I will take care of this. I will end this. I will make sure we have a plan. Okay, so what are your thoughts about how each candidate responded to the COVID crisis? Who wants to start? Let's start with you, Pete. Well, I, I mean, you, you kind of have to say that Trump gave the answer that the only answer he could give, which which essentially is that, you know, it's it's ending because because at this point for him to continue to try and now turn around and say, oh, no, no, things are terrible. It's it, it, it just destroys him even further than than wherever he is in the poll. So he's kind of in one of those positions where he's come this far that the only thing he's going to be able to say is it's it's rounding the corner. It's 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 going to end soon. Vaccine, 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 all those things. And and reality of it is there's just no way for him to go anywhere with it. You know, the, the first topic is easily going to be the one that that Joe Biden was going to score the best with because of the fact that that there's. There's just nothing Trump can say to get himself out of that part of the mess. Now, maybe somebody will kind of think, well, okay, it's it's not nearly as bad as it as as I think it is, and they'll vote for him. But you know, there's still enough people that don't think it's really that great. Emma and then Joe. So I kind of think, and I think this for a lot of the debate, uh, they were kind of speaking to people who already support them. Uh, the things that Trump was listing, he listed off, like Peter said, the only things that he could list off, which do include a few genuine accomplishments like Operation Warp Speed, no matter how uh, upsettingly named that is. Um, you know, like he, the, he he's not done everything wrong. He's done the vast majority of it wrong. That's a whole other thing. I'm going to get back to the point. Uh, he's listed off the things that he did do. Uh, and then kind of dropped the talking points for his base. So he wasn't really reaching out to other people. Um, I am a little bit frustrated that Joe Biden kind of did the same. Uh, you know, he referenced like the New England Medical Journal, which is one of the great scientific journals of the world. But like, if you're trying to not come off as elitist, it doesn't really do much for you. But um, Joe Biden already had a bigger base anyway. So fuck it. Hey, Joe. Um, you know, it got me a little because... Uh, I mean, I know Trump's kind of in a corner, but he's obviously, I mean, anyone who's anyone in the country at this point knows that his numbers aren't true, uh, which which is something that bothered me. And then he does this whole thing again of, oh, there's a vaccine. It's already, it's ready. You know, I'm like all this, like, like we, everything is ready. It's all set. It's done. We got this, but I'm not going to like, he, again, he said, but I'm not going to do any of this until after the election. Is that what you're saying? You know, it's the same thing you promised with healthcare and all this other bullshit. It's all ready to go, but you're not bringing it out yet. You know, which to me was just like, 
I hate when he does that, you know, just be honest with the numbers, just be honest with it. If it's, you know, and then um, Biden, first of all, I was like, do I get a point because he was wearing the mask on his hand? Um, <laughs> he was very good. Wearing, wearing the mask. There we go. So anyway, I get a point anyway. He's got on his, on his hand. Um, he did come out wearing it, so you got I don't think I don't think it comes across as elitist in this case. Because one of the things that we go down, that we're going down to in this election is, will uh, the president listen to science or listen to whatever crazy stuff? And by, by him saying, you know, that he's reading the New England Journal of Medicine, that he's getting these updates from it, is just saying, I don't think it says it's elitist. I think it's saying, listen, I, I want to get the best of the best advice from all the different scientists, and this is what they're saying. And I think that that's important. So I didn't see it as coming across as elitist. I see it as him, going, that's him trying to get as much of the best facts that he can. And yeah. I kind of actually liked it because it, it's funny because he mentions that and then follows it up with going, so listen, folks. <laughs> so he's still trying to keep that, that kind of, that kind of homespun granddad kind of thing going. Hey, Emma. Uh, so one, he does do a fantastic job of walking the new England medicine of journal folks line. Like yeah. he does a really good <laughs> job with that. Uh, I also want to throw out there like, I, I love that he's referencing the New England Journal of Medicine. I think that's awesome. I think that's wonderful. It's not about like it being bad that he does it. Uh, I think that one of the things he was trying to accomplish in this debate is reach out to undecided voters. And it's especially if you're going to be undecided at this point in the election, like you're probably not uh, super like well-informed. You're probably not like college degree holder. You're probably not um, like that invested in uh, the world of intellectuals. And so bringing up something does not reach out to them. I love that he does it. Uh, but I think it would have been enough to say, like, Dr. Fauci says, you know, wear the mask. We can save this many lives. Well, I mean, if he was going for that group, he could have said the New England Journal of Medicine and Dr. Oz agree. <laughs> <laughs> that would have got it. Don't forget Dr. Dr. Pimple Popper says Dr. this is going to be the worst COVID ever. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so Kristen Walker allowed Trump to respond, and afterwards, Biden knew that his best chance of scoring points was going to be in the section, in this section, so he continued to hammer Trump on how he handled the pandemic, which led to one of the worst moments for Trump. Your reaction? I say over soon. I say we're learning to live with it. We have no choice. We can't lock ourselves up in a basement like Joe does. He has the, <laughs> he has the ability to lock himself up. I don't know. He's obviously made a lot of money someplace. But he has this thing about living in a basement. People can't do that. By the way, I, as the president, couldn't do that. I'd love to put myself in the basement or in a beautiful room in the White House and go away for a year and a half until it disappears. I can't do that. And, Kirsten, every, t- every meeting I had, every meeting I had, and I'd meet a lot of families, including Gold Star families and military families, every meeting I had, and I had to meet them. I had to. It would be horrible to have canceled everything. I said, you know, this is dangerous. And you catch it. And, you know, I caught it. I learned a lot. Number one, he says that we're, uh, you know, we're learning to live with it. People are learning to die with it. You folks home will have an empty chair at the kitchen table this morning. That man or wife going to bed tonight and reaching over to try to touch their out of habit where their wife or husband was is gone. Learning to live with it. Come on. We're dying with it. Because he has never said, he said it's dangerous. When's the last time? Is it really dangerous still? Are we dangerous? You tell the people it's dangerous now? What should they do about the danger? And you say, I take no responsibility. 
Let me talk about your two. Excuse me. I take, very full, I take full responsibility. It's not my fault that he came here. It's China's fault. He took full responsibility. Come on. I take full responsibility, but it's not my fault. How many people are having flashbacks to a horrible ex right now? I'm just, I'm still not sure if he was, if he was trying to say he takes full responsibility of not taking responsibility. Like, I can't, I can't be sure. I take full taking... responsibility for saying the phrase that'll shut you up, but it's not my fault. Yeah. <laughs> I take full responsibility for blaming China for this. <laughs> no, but what I'm trying to say is like, it's like all those people that work for him and then all of a sudden, you know, they leave. Oh, I hardly knew them. I didn't really know them. I mean, it's one of his greatest hits. So it's like, oh, I take full responsibility, but it's not my fault. Oh, I, you know, this person worked for me, but I really didn't know them. I mean, it's, just, it's again, it's just the same thing over and over again. It's like a Nickelback Greatest Hits album, though. It's like, do you want to you you listen to these hits over and over again? You're no. Photographs that remind me that's about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So because the pandemic caused so much harm to the economy, Trump was asked why he wouldn't come together with Nancy Pelosi and make a deal on a new stimulus. It was really a big bailout for badly run Democrat cities and states. All right, I want to. If I get elected, I'm not going to. I'm running as a proud Democrat, but I'm going to be an American president. I don't see red states and blue states. What I see is American, United States. And folks, every single state out there finds themselves in trouble. They're going to start laying off, whether they're red or blue, cops, firefighters, first responders, because teachers, because they have to balance their budget. And the founders were smart. They allowed the federal government to deficit spend to compensate for the United States of America. I want to talk. I want to talk. For me, that was the best line that Joe Biden said, because this is what I've been saying for the longest time. Trump is not everybody's president. You know, it's it's the Democrats. It's the Democratic, you know, states, the Democratic government. It's us versus them. And when Biden said that to me, that was the best line he had the entire night when he says, I'm going to be a president for everyone. I, that's, that's what a lot of people want to hear. And that, that should be how, uh, his basic, his, his commercial for the yeah. until the election. Absolutely. It really it's should. It's not us versus them. It's mm-hmm. like, it, it's, yeah. I do agree that it's a fantastic line. Uh, it is something that he is uh, referencing Obama with. Like mm-hmm. that has been done. That's Obama's old line, yeah. yeah. But like, do we care? It's effective. No, no I mean, no, he was, it works, it works. He was yeah. on that team, so I, he can use it. You know, it's not like. <laughs> yeah, Obama said it, though. You know, yes, it was Obama's line, but even when I said it, it doesn't, re- like, it didn't resonate as it does now because now we're actually seeing the division within our own country. See, so you know what's interesting is, is that Obama, it, it, you know, I, I remember reading this a long time ago that Obama actually came up with that line. And the reason why he came up with it is because he was trying to make um, parts of the country that just hated the thought of having a black president, um, you know, make it more palatable um, because he didn't want them to think that, you know, being a black president, um, that he was going to, you know, be be not the president for the South or for areas that maybe would have discriminated against black Americans. And so. You know, by Joe Biden using it, he's essentially just doing the exact same thing, which 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 we need right now, because because the thing is, instead of it just being, you know, excluding, you know, a race, Donald Trump essentially is 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 trying to exclude full full states. You know, any state that doesn't like him, he's excluding. I, I mean, I, I don't know if anybody else noticed that 
He wasn't giving money to California um, to, to help w- with the wildfires until two days before he had it. Well, actually, no, I'm sorry, the day before he had to come here to beg Orange for County. money. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the reaction that that um, that that, Ob- that Obama used, and then and then Biden is using, is is completely right, considering you know how Trump handles things at all times. Yeah. So knowing that Trump was eventually going to go after his son, Biden preemptively went on the defense, on the offense. Well, his buddy, Rudy Giuliani, he's being used as a Russian pawn. He's being fed information that is Russian, that is not true. And then what happens? Nothing happens. And then you find out that everything that's going on here about Russia is wanting to make sure that I do not get elected the next president of the United States because they know I know them and they know me. I don't understand why this president is unwilling to take on Putin when he's actually paying bounties to kill American soldiers in Afghanistan, when he's engaged in activities that are trying to destabilize all of NATO. I don't know why he doesn't do it, but it's worth asking the question, why isn't that being done? Any country that interferes with us will, in fact, pay a price because they're affecting our sovereignty. President. So then Trump responded with his own claims about Russia. Oops, sorry. Wait, hold on. Now we can do it. Well, his buddy, Rudy Giuliani, he's being used as a Russian pawn. He's being fed information that is Russian money from Russia. Now, about your thing last night, I knew all about that. And through... John, who is John Retliff, who is fantastic, DNI, he said, the one thing that's common to both of them, they both want you to lose because there has been nobody tougher to Russia with between the sanctions, nobody tougher than me on Russia. Between the sanctions, between all of what I've done with NATO, you know, I've got the NATO countries to put up an extra $130 billion going to $420 billion a year. That's to guard against Russia. I sold, while he was selling pillows and sheets, I sold tank busters to Ukraine. There has been nobody tougher than, on Russia than Donald Trump. Sorry about that. That was a, a little glitch because Veronica rushed into the next one, so I wasn't ready. I'm sorry. My fault. And then, probably sensing that the Russian argument wasn't working for him, Trump finally unleashed his attack on Hunter Biden. They tried to meet with him. He I wouldn't didn't. do it. He didn't like Obama. He didn't like him. He wouldn't do it. Okay, I got to give him a chance to respond to that he before we move do on. It. And no that's way. okay. You know what? North Korea, we're not in a war. We have a good relationship. You know, people don't understand. Having a good relationship Trump, with leaders of other countries is a good country. thing. We have a lot of questions to get yes. to. Not, 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 sorry, that wasn't the right one either. Let's... I'll, Give me a second on this. Um, you take full uh, responsibility for this? Yeah, I'm no, taking full responsibility yeah. for this. Um, I, can't, I can't wait till we get back to that clip. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, okay. So, so I believe this is the right one. <laughs> At least I think it is. During your term, during you and Barack Obama, they took over a big part of what should have been Ukraine. You handed it to them. But you were getting a lot of money from Russia. They were paying you a lot of money, and they probably still are. But now, with what came out today, it's even worse. All of the emails, the emails, the horrible emails of the kind of money that you were raking in, you and your family. And, Joe, you were vice president when some of this was happening. 
And it should have never happened. And I think you owe an explanation to the American people. Why is it? Somebody just had a news conference a little while ago who was essentially supposed to work with you and your family. But what he said was damning. And regardless of me, I think you have to clean it up and talk to the American people. Maybe you can do it right now. Vice President Biden, you may respond. And then I do want to follow up on the election security. I have not taken a penny from any foreign source ever in my life. We learned that this president paid 50 times the tax in China, has a secret bank account with China, does business in China, and in fact is talking about me taking money. I have not taken a single penny from any country whatsoever, ever. Number one. Number two. This is a president. I have released all of my tax returns. 22 years. Go look at them. 22 years of my tax return. You have not released a single solitary year of your tax return. What are you hiding? Why are you unwilling? The foreign countries are paying you a lot. Russia's paying you a lot. China's paying you a lot. And your hotels and all your businesses all around the country, all around the world. And China's building a new road to a new ga- a, a, a golf course you have overseas. So what's going on here? Why don't release your tax return or stop talking about corruption? President Trump, you're up. You're up. <laughs> Before I get any reaction, I want to play one last clip from that exchange, and then we will talk about all of it. This isn't about – there's a reason why he's bringing up all this malarkey. There's a reason for it. He doesn't want to talk about the, the, the substantive issues. It's not about his family and my family. It's about your family. And your family's hurting badly. If you're making less than – if you're a middle-class family, you're getting hurt badly right now. You're sitting at the kitchen table this morning deciding, well, we can't get new tires. They're bald because we have to wait another month or so. Or are we going to be able to pay the mortgage? Or who's going to tell her she can't go back to, to community college? They're the decisions you're making in the middle-class families like I grew up in Scranton and Claymont. They're in trouble. We should be talking about your families, but that's the last thing he wants to talk about. I want, to, I want to talk about North Korea. Me, I do want to second, turn to please. 10 seconds, Mr. President. That's 10 a seconds. typical political statement. Let's get off this China thing. And then he looks, the family, around the table, everything. Just right. a typical politician when I see that. Let's talk I'm about North Korea. not a typical Korea politician. Okay, That's why I got elected. That let's was, talk Let's about, get off the subject of China. Let's talk around, sitting around the table. All right. Come on, Joe, you can do better. We're going to talk. So clearly both candidates tried to muddy the other one with allegations. Do you think it was effective for either or both? Pete. Well, I I mean, obviously, depending on which side you're looking at it from, I guess you could say it it, it helped or hurt the other side to their base. Um, You know, I I mean, Trump's people are going to believe whatever Trump says because they don't believe any of the corruption that's leveled against him. They believe anybody that's, that's, um, that's against him is is the corrupt ones. So they're going to buy into that. I think though, that the, you know, if you notice, he never said Hunter Biden, um, which, which I guess was his, his campaign's way of saying, don't go directly after his son. Cause you're going to try, you're going to get yourself in trouble um, with, with the suburban housewives again. But the reality of it is, you know, clearly Biden's people had, had prepared for this, this exchange because that, that line about, 
uh, about um, you know, the, the American people don't care about um, you know their families. They care about you know the you know the American people's families. That was a line that was set to 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 go as soon as Trump said said what he said. I mean, for me, the thing that I took out of it, and 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 it's and it really maybe it's only because I do support Biden, but the only time that you you saw him really stutter, the only time where it seemed like like his speech impediment was affected was during that one portion. And to me, that literally told me this man cares about his family. And, and, and this is not what he really wants to be saying. What he really wants to be saying is something a lot different. And, and, and probably knowing the kind of guy that he is, he probably wanted to say something like, you know, if you weren't hiding behind the presidency, I'd knock you on your ass or something like that. Cause he said same, similar things to, 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 to people at rallies and, and in speeches so it's not like he wouldn't say that, but you could see it was it was physically upsetting him that he had to deal with something that that intelligence agencies have all come out and said was a lie. Um, and and yet he still had to fight it. Now, does that did that hurt him at all? Uh, what what Trump Trump said? I don't think so. For one reason, I think it's so in the weeds. It's one of those things that that the only people that really even know the story either have to be people that are are, are completely hooked into the to the to the Trump world, to the to the Fox News OAN kind of thing, or people that that are really news junkies in general. I think anybody else it just kind of goes over their head because they don't even know what he was talking about. I mean, there was a supposedly last night one of the biggest. Uh, uh, the biggest searches was about the laptop from hell because Trump said that. And, and I guess a lot of people didn't know what that meant, which means that a lot of people don't know the story. Oh, interesting. Anybody else want to add something to this? Go ahead, Joe. You know, well, again, I think like, like Pete says, it depends on, on what side you're, you're going by. Um, you know, Joe Biden tried to turn the, turn it back around and saying, "Hey, you know what? All this stuff is bullshit." You know, and and uh, we're supposed to be talking about what we're going to do for you guys. And then Trump turned around and like, "Oh, that's a typical politician answer." I'm not a typical politician, which is obvious because everything that Biden was saying about him is is true. You, you can fact check it. Um, uh, of course, this whole laptop thing is 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 crazy. It's bonkers, crazy. Um, and, uh, I don't know what's going on with it right now. I think, I think everybody has kind of said that this is, uh, a, a non-issue. I mean, everyone who's, who's real on it is a non-issue, right? Isn't that like seven Republicans, like trying to keep this thing going or something well, like that? Yeah, what's what, the deal? What they announced today is that they're, um, that they requested that the FBI, um, interview, I guess yesterday Trump brought in a guy that had done business with Hunter Biden. Um, he brought him to the, uh, to, to the debate because I guess, since since he didn't have women that uh, that had cheated on um, on 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 Hunter on on Joe Biden there like he did to Hillary Clinton he couldn't do that so he got this guy that was clearly um, that w- at one point had worked with Hunter Biden who claims now that Hunter Biden was funneling money from China into into Joe Biden's account but the guy says I'm completely non political I'm just a patriot but he did come as 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 um, as Trump's guest yesterday so apparently um, after last night. Ron Johnson, again, the man who's referred to as the stupidest man in the Senate, um, who did this whole investigation into Hunter Biden, found nothing, gave up on it, said today that they were instructing the FBI to question this guy, which I think is great because if the FBI questions him and they find out that it was it wasn't 
true. They'll arrest him, um, which is how this whole thing does play out at the end. But there is absolutely no factual evidence to this. Even even one of the things that came out this, this afternoon, um, the, uh, the, 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 the one of the, um, I guess, uh, reporters from from um, Fox News who works um, the the CIA bureau, I guess she she handles that. Said that um, the CIA had concluded that nothing that was that was listed in you know in those supposed emails um, had any basis in factuality. So it's it's like, and I'm sure as soon as somebody from Fox News says that, it makes everybody crazy because you cannot say anything like that. But you know the thing is, like with the talking heads on Fox News, the Hannitys, the Laura Ingraham, Tucker Carlson, they're not considered news; they're considered personalities. So they can come on and say whatever they want on Fox's air. So they're just going to keep playing the same tune over and over again. But it's not playing anybody because, again, Hunter Biden is not going to stop the coronavirus. Hunter Biden is not going to get people back to work, and Hunter Biden is definitely not going to be on the ballot in in eleven days. And so it just—I don't know where it even goes from here. So Biden said that Trump would rather be friends with thugs like Putin and Kim Jong-un than work with his U.S. allies. Here is Trump's response to that. They tried to meet with him. him. He wouldn't do it. He didn't like Obama. He didn't like him. He wouldn't do it. Okay, I got to give him a chance to respond to that before we move on. And that's okay. You know what? North Korea, we're not in a war. We have a good relationship. You know, people don't understand. Having a good relationship Trump, with leaders of on, other countries is a, a good country. thing. We have a lot of questions to get yes. to. Not Your response. Saying we had a good relationship with Hitler before he, in fact, invaded Europe, the rest of Europe. Come on. The reason he would not meet with President Obama is because President Obama said, we're going to talk about denuclearization. We're not going to legitimize you. and We're going to continue to put stronger and stronger sanctions on you. That's why he wouldn't meet with us. All right, let's and it didn't move happen. on. Let's Excuse move on me. and talk about he left American me families. A mess, President Trump. Okay, we they do need to move on. They left me a mess. North Korea was a mess. We and in fact, if you so remember the first two or three months, tonight, it was a very Trump. dangerous period of my first three months before we sort of worked things out a little bit. Okay. There was a very day. De- they left us a mess. And Obama would be, I think, the first to say it was the single biggest problem he thought that our country. Okay. So when the topic of health care came up, Biden claimed that Trump wanted to have the Supreme Court eliminate Obamacare, which he did say even in the 60 minutes interview. Trump then accused Biden of doing nothing on health care while he was vice president, which is interesting since he was vice president when the <laughs> Affordable Care Act was passed. Yeah, that's what I do. President Trump, Excuse me, he was there response. for 47 years. He didn't do it. <laughs> he was now there as vice president for eight years. And it's not like it was 25 years ago. It was three and three quarters. It was just a little while ago, right? Less than four years ago. He didn't do anything. He didn't do it. He wants socialized medicine. And it's not that he wants it. His vice president, I mean, she is, is more liberal then Bernie Sanders and wants it even more. Bernie Sanders wants it. The Democrats want it. You're going to have socialized medicine, just like you went with fracking. We're not going to have fracking. We're going to stop fracking. We're going to stop fracking. Then he goes to Pennsylvania after he gets a nomination where he got very lucky to get it. And he goes to Pennsylvania and he says, oh, we're going to have fracking. 
And you never ask that question. And, by the way, so far, I respect very much the way you're handling this, I have to say. By the way. But somebody should ask the question. You can ask he, he goes for a year. There will be we no have a, fracking. We, have, there we will do be have no a number of here. We have a number of topics we're no, going no, to get to. No, but that's a big, that's and, a big question. And we're going to get to we're we're going to. It's the same thing with socialized medicine. I have to respond. Vice President, your response, please. My response is people deserve to have affordable health care. So Trump clearly wanted to get away from health care, so he tried to pivot to fracking, but when Biden responded back to health care, Trump went back on the offense again. Yeah, it's amazing. If you, if you counted, Trump had four different conversations in one conversation because he started off in, in health care. Well, first he attacked him for being in the Senate, then being being vice president. Then he jumped off of health care onto fracking. Then he had to thank Kristen Welker for doing a good job before he went back to health care. It's, it's like and there was no period in anything he said. Um, so it was, so it's just amazing that he actually is able to kind of juggle all those balls at the same time and, and just kind of keep them going all, all at once. It's, I, it, 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 there is an art to what he does sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think I have to ask you who you think is better for healthcare, but clearly in order to avoid the fact that he doesn't have a healthcare plan, he tried to turn this towards socialized medicine. Do you think that's an argument that might resonate with the few undecided voters left? What do you guys think about that? I mean, I kind of think it depends how well informed they are. Mm -hmm. The majority of Americans support socialized medicine, Um, like a sport like a uh, NHS style system. So, I mean, listen, the Venn diagram, the odds are that like that overlaps a little bit, but we don't actually know for sure. Uh, But if they're really well informed, then they know that Trump, also received socialized medical care when he went to to Walter Reed. Uh, I I think we all want the care that he got. Of course, if they're not that well-informed, then I don't don't know. Well, I mean, again, what what Emma's saying, if they're not well-informed, well, I'm going to say something shocking that I've never said on the show before. This is a stupid fucking country. <laughs> this is a country full of really stupid people. Um, and, and the reality of it is the people that, that Trump is so desperate to get back, I, I mean, not, not just the, uh, the suburban housewives, it's, it's the elderly, it's the seniors. Um, and if anybody should, should be happy about socialized medicine, it's senior citizens because your Social Security is socialized. Your Medicare, your Medicaid, that's socialized medicine. There's so much of what of, of what happens when you get to a certain age that is dependent on, on, on a socialized version of our government that you almost cannot survive unless you've made an, an enormous amount of money leading into that period of your life without socialized medicine, without without some form of some of. Uh, sort of socialized government, you, you, you're not going to survive. And so, but the problem is so many people are too stupid to understand that. And that's, and that's just what's amazing. Like, I get that there's an argument that some people say, well, you know, a government can't handle most anything right. So if we took away all of our private options for, for healthcare, this would be a nightmare. And I, and I could see where that might be an argument. And I definitely think that that before you could ever get to universal health care, you have to have both options first, meaning that you have to have people have, have the option to say, no, I'm going to stay on my own on my own health care 
or you could go on on a, a universal healthcare option, and and that's going to have to happen for a little while until until basically the pricing drives the private industry out of business. Because if you've got you know with the now they're talking about the um about the sing, the single payer the uh, the government option. Now when people see that they can get a government option and pay zero or they can pay 6 700 dollars a month if they're if they're not insured through their company a lot of people are going to jump over to the government option and if they don't die you're going to see even more people go, jump to that and that's and that's how you start to get to universal healthcare you know the problem for Bernie Sanders is that he tried to do it all in one shot and that was not going to happen in this country because again the people in this country are too stupid to understand it sorry Okay, so so let's first go by the term socialized medicine is a term that was made by the right to scare you. Yeah. Because they want the word socialism in the medicine in the word medicine. Universal health care, meaning universally everyone will get health care. I think the difference this year, and I think that, that what why more people are going on board is because of COVID. Because of COVID, we got to see other countries that have universal health care, that, that take care of every single one of their citizens, taking care of them. And, and, and now you've got people here, all of these people, all of these cases where they went to the hospital, and now they're stuck with a huge bill. And a lot of them don't have a job because they lost it. Um, and it's like, well, holy crap, what am I going to do now? Whereas you look at, we were talking about how in the beginning of this, how Italy was was you know, destroyed. It was done really bad. Now things are going really good over there and in Germany and all that. And all those people, they were all covered. So I think that's the thing that changed. But one of the things that really, really just burns my biscuits is when they, when they call it socialized medicine, that's a, that's a made up term guys, universal healthcare, every single one of us being able to, if we're sick, it gets taken care of. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to die. You don't have to worry about where the money's going to come from. You get sick, you go to the doctor. That's what we're talking about. But, but what's even more amazing, and Joe, you're hitting right on the head with this, it's that a lot of people that are demanding that they get the chance to go back to work, it has less to do with the, with, with the fact that they've run out of money. It's, it has more to do with the fact they've run out of money and they can't pay for things like, God forbid, they get sick. Right. Um, you know, and, and because if they're not working, they're not getting insurance. And so, yeah, when we get to a point where, where, where socialized medicine, universal health care is, is the, the way we're going, it's one less burden people who are either underpaid, not paid at all, or, or, or are paid just enough to live um, are going to have because it's one thing that you don't have to worry about anymore. But again, look at who's against it. It's the poorest people in the stupidest states. And that's and that's just and that is always going to be this country's problem as long as we have people in states that are not being told the truth and and aren't smart enough to ask the questions. They're always going to assume it's bad. Again, it's that whole argument. If you call it Obamacare, less people like it than if you call it the ACA. Yeah, the people in those states think those are two different things. Yeah. (laughs) I've I've seen that before. I've seen people actually think that they're actually two different programs. It's amazing. That is true. Uh, there's, there's two things I want to throw out. Um, one is there are stupid people in every country, which is like, don't worry, there are definitely stupid people here too. That is definitely oh, a lot. like the kind of people <laughs> who think that the ACA and Obamacare are two different programs. That's true. Uh, but it's not a purely American uh, phenomenon to have stupid people and other countries still manage to have universal health care. 
So I don't think it's just the, the stupid people that's the problem. Uh, the other thing I want to throw out there, not that I disagree with you, but it's like an adding on to it, I guess, uh, is yes, people are warming up to the idea of universal healthcare because of COVID and because all of a sudden there's a real fear of what if I lose my, what I've already lost my job, what if I get sick? Um, but I think that people, people were already warming up to the idea of universal healthcare anyway. It had a 70% approval rating before the pandemic. Uh, people already wanted it. And I think that part of that does have to do with a little bit of the um, people almost warming up to the idea of socialism, not like full socialism, not like Venezuela socialism, but Bernie Sanders was so, has been so popular. Uh, AOC is very popular in her circles, not amongst conservatives, but she's pop, like, you know, people know what the DSA is and think that not all of their ideas are so crazy. So like, yes, I hear what you're saying. Socialized medicine is a term made to scare people. But also people are warming up a little bit to the idea of democratic socialism. But you, but you have to do it incrementally. I, I mean, I think I the problem that we have is that, is that, you know, again, I don't disagree with a lot of the policies that people like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren were pushing forward. What I disagreed with was the speed at which they were planning on doing it, because you're talking about overhauling a system that's been in place for a very long time and, and essentially trying to do it in two or three years. And, and that is one place where I'll, where I'll be the first to say government isn't that good at doing things. And at least this government isn't good at doing that things in that, in that time frame. Now, if you said to me, well, we have a 10 year plan that we're going to slowly phase out private insurance over 10 years, then I'd say, okay, well, that sounds more like a plan. And that's the kind of plan that people were able to get behind, you know, because if you look, the carbon emissions plans that, that, that the country is wholeheartedly behind, um, you know, things like the, the, the greenhouse emissions, things that we're trying to say, we have to, we have to change, but we know we can't do it overnight. I mean, it, it, what Bernie Sanders tried to offer this year, and again, this is an attack against Bernie, but what he was trying to offer is, was essentially to say something like, you know what, gas uh, pollution is terrible. So by next year, we're going to get rid of, of, uh, of gas, uh, of gas uh, vehicles. And, and that was just not going to play with a big chunk of the country. You've got to wean them out of it. You've got to, you got to take a while to do it. So real fast. Um, I, in the kindest way possible, I don't know what argument you thought I just made. No, no, no. I, wasn't, I, I just made kidding. was that 70% of people supported universal health care pre COVID. That's yeah. what I was saying. Uh, secondly, um, Oh, should I had three things? I forgot what the second one was. Anyway, uh, I would encourage you to look at what Elizabeth Warren's plan was. And oh, I know what the second thing was. Uh, when you start just arguing for the public option, you have to negotiate down. I think that's one of the big issues that Obama ran into because he originally was negotiating for a public option and he couldn't get anyone to agree with it. Uh, yeah. One of the reasons that during the primary season, I was so in favor of an Elizabeth Warren is because I wasn't expecting like full universal, like socialized medicine, full healthcare, government run from day one. But if you start off asking for that, then you can negotiate down to a public option. If you start oh, sure. asking for exactly what you think the next step should be, you've got nowhere to go. No, because I was about to say that Peter's right. You have to do it over time. One of the big arguments I always get from people is, oh, you know, uh, uh, I like my, my work insurance, stuff like that. Well, if, if you like it, keep it. If you want to pay for it, go right ahead and pay for it, you know? But over that time, you know, and, and like he said, with everything else, with like uh, uh, the emission system and, and, you know, we just screwed up the fuel efficiency thing because we gave a really nice long distance for car makers to make more fuel efficient cars. And they stepped right up. They made cars that 
to less less emissions, more fuel efficient, like the lovely BMW uh, uh, oh, stop it. series. Stop which are fantastic it. cars. You should check them out at your local BMW dealer. <laughs> but no, I mean, but when, when you when you when you come back to it, it's 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 one of those situations where we we as a society may may agree on this point. I mean, we may all say, yeah, we want we we want something. We think it's a good thing to have, but it's it's going to take some time to kind of get through everybody. You know, now I mean, look at look at Obamacare again. It's taken ten years for it to be this popular. And when did it become popular? When when it was threatened to not be in existence anymore. So you know, and that's and that's the funny part because for for seven years it was underwater um, as far as as far as its approvals. Like people didn't like it. They said it was too expensive. They said it wasn't covering all the things it needed to cover. When did it become popular? The first time the Republicans tried to vote it out, uh, you know, when they had the power to do it. Um, and that's and, and that's the problem. We, we have to get to a point where where the fear of not having insurance is or, or not having adequate insurance is so strong that people cannot think of a better way to do it other than universal health care. And again, that's not going to happen tomorrow. It's not going to happen the next day. But if you slowly kind of phase it out, it, that's when it will happen. It takes a long time. And the you reason know, why they want you on this old shitty system is because it does make a lot of people a lot of money. And yeah. those people are putting that money where they're supposed to. You know, I shouldn't have to worry about like, like, I don't want to lose my job because I'm going to lose my health care. That's the stupidest thing on the planet. You shouldn't. That's, it, it shouldn't even be connected that way. You should always listen. I lost my job. and I can go get another one or maybe I can go follow my dream and become a welder or whatnot. Knowing that I have insurance, I'm covered if something goes wrong. That's the most important thing ever. Every other country does it. There are third world countries that do it. You go to Indonesia. My friend went, went, went on, a, on a vacation, fell off a curb, twisted her ankle, went to the, a hospital. Was it a problem? Right? And, and, I, and we can't do this. It's stupid. It's stupid and it's got to end. You know, and one, and one other quick fact that I'll, I'll shut up after this. This is a little known fact, but but Connecticut is considered to be the healthcare capital of the country because most of the big healthcare companies are are situated in Connecticut. Connecticut's dark blue as far as as, as far as you know what side they're on, which means that even the people who work in in in, in healthcare understand that healthcare doesn't work the way it's supposed to. Um, and so so the reality of this is we all realize there's a problem. But the problem that we have is that it takes time to change these things. And, and that's and that's just going to be the way it is. And so to me, the public option is a fantastic way to start. And, and again, like Emma was saying, if 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 Barack Obama had 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 kind of tried to negotiate up and get to that point, we would have already had the public option. But he started there and had to negotiate down. And that's and that was the one the one big flaw in, in Obamacare was they tried they tried too hard to start at the top and get everybody to get on board. And that's and when you do that, you're only going to go down from there. So healthcare, ESPN and wrestling. That's Connecticut. Yeah. <laughs> Conversation turned to immigration when Trump was asked about the five hundred plus children who were separated from their family at the border, and now their parents cannot be found. President, your administration separated children from their parents at the border, at least 4,000 kids. You've since reversed your zero-tolerance policy, but the United States can't locate the parents of more than 500 children. So how will these families ever be reunited? Children are brought here by coyotes and lots of bad people, cartels, 
and they're brought here, and they used to use them to get into our country. We now have as strong a border as we've ever had. We're over 400 miles of brand new wall. You see the numbers, and we let people in, but they have to come in legally, and they come in through. But America. how will you reunite but let me these just tell kids you, with their families, let me just tell you, Mr. President? They built cages. You know, they used to say, "I built the cages," and then they had a picture in a certain newspaper. And it was a picture of these horrible cages. And they said, look at these cages. President Trump built them. And then it was determined they were built in 2014. That was him. Do you they have a built plan cages. to reunite the kids? Yes, we're working families? on it very, we're, we're trying very hard. But a lot of these kids come out without the parents. They come over through cartels and through coyotes and through gangs. Vice President Biden. President Biden. And here's Joe Biden's response to this. These 500-plus kids came with parents. They separated them at the border to make it a disincentive to come to begin with. Bay, real tough. We're really strong. And guess what? They cannot. It's not coyotes didn't bring them over. Their parents were with them. They got separated from their parents. And it makes us a laughing stock and violates every notion of who we are as a nation. Let me ask you a follow-up question. They did it. We changed the policy. Your response they to did that? It. We, we changed. did not. They built the cages. The, they, who, who built the cages, let's, Joe? Let's talk about what who we're built talking the cages. About. Joe? Let's talk about what we're talking about. What happened? Parents were ripped. Their kids were ripped from their arms and separated. And now they cannot find over 500 sets of those parents, and those kids are alone, nowhere to go, nowhere to go. It's criminal. It's criminal. Let me ask Kristen, you about I will say this. They went down. We brought reporters, everything. They are so well taken care of. They're in facilities that were so clean. But some of them haven't been reunited. Good. But just ask one question. Who built the cages? I'd love you to ask of that. Who built the cages? Let me ask about your immigration policy, Mr. Vice President. The Ob- so, the so what he was saying then about a lot of these kids being brought into the country by other people that does happen. I'm not going to say it's never happened before, but for him to say that all these kids that cannot be reunited with their parents or, you know, whoever brought them here, that to me is just so tone deaf, just like everything he says. I mean, like I said, there are, there have been cases where there are children that they do come with either an uncle, they come with an aunt. I mean, we know that it's, it's, it's fact, but to say that every single one of those children, you know, came with other people is just ludicrous to me. It's sloppy. Everything that this administration does, they can't even send a memo without something being misspelled or, you know, I mean, it just everything they do is just sloppy. And I have a feeling that under Obama's administration, they didn't lose any parents unless it wasn't reported. I mean, there wasn't zero tolerance back then. That's the thing. Exactly. So, I mean, so for him to say like, well, what about it's it's his whataboutisms, you know, that he always uses. Um, this is just, I don't know. I mean, I, who wants to jump in? So some, Emma, let's start with you. Uh, something that I noticed is how frustrated Trump kept, keeps getting whenever he brings up the like, well, who built the cages? And like, yeah, thinks that that's a huge point. Like he thinks that this is a huge deal. They built the cages and nobody cares because Obama didn't put children in them. Uh, He's not trying to argue like, oh, well, the kids in the cages at the camps at the border are so well taken care of, which is already a horrific argument for so many historical reasons. But um, it's it's interesting how like it it just doesn't 
I'm going to start that sentence over because that's a train wreck of a sentence. Um, he is proven to not really give that much of a shit about anything that doesn't benefit him. We know that on a separate topic from when he said, I don't get it. What was in it for him about people who went into the military? So, you know, sure, there are children in cages. Are they bothering him? They are right now in this debate. So suddenly they're a big deal and he's trying to like dunk a point on Biden. But like, otherwise he just doesn't care. And that could not be more obvious in his response and his lack of knowledge about the plan to actually reunite these children with their families uh, and in his entire lack of taking responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. Joe? Yeah, he, he doesn't mention when he says who built the cages, he doesn't mention what they were built for. They were built as temporary holding facilities to be held in for less than a day when there was an issue when you were at the border. That's what they were designed for. That's mm-hmm. what they were built as because they were just having a larger amount than what they were normally having, which was a much smaller cell. It wasn't designed to separate people and put kids in them. That's not what its purpose was when they mm-hmm. were built. And another thing, if you've stayed at a Trump hotel, then you shouldn't be listening to how great the conditions were. <laughs> because if we go by his standards, they weren't that great. <laughs> the Trump Hotel in Vegas sucks. <laughs> well, I, I mean, if, if, if you're really looking at what, what was happening in that, in that part of the debate, that was directly targeted at, at women. It was t- targeted all the women that, that have children and can empathize with the idea that that, you know, what, what if my child was, was ripped away from me? What if my child um, was put in a cage? What if my child was, was not able to find me again? And, and the problem, again, this goes back to the same problem with the COVID um, argument, is that Trump can't get around it. He can't, because there's no way to say, say, well, I did a great job by putting kids in the cages, like he tries to do with COVID. So what does he say? Oh, yeah, yeah, we are doing it, but we didn't build the cages. It's almost like saying Joe Biden built the gun. The fact that I shot it, it's not my fault. He built it, though. He built that gun. So when I shot it and killed somebody with it, well, that, that wasn't my fault because he built it. He shouldn't have built it if he didn't want me to shoot somebody. And, 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 and so they both were trying to grab for women. But it, again, in this case, you know, I think that there's, again, going to be those people that are going to hear it and think, well, you know, he's right. They didn't build it. It was Obama who built the cages. But those people are going to vote for him anyway. Right now, the margins are so small about who's left out there and who hasn't, like, already made the decisions. So have already voted. Yeah, you're, you're 50 million people have already voted. So now you're micro-targeting who you really want to go after. And, and there's one group that they're saying is still out there, and that's some of these women. And part of, part of the reason why is a lot of these women are in states where their husbands are so pro-Trump that they're thinking, well, maybe we can still pull them over the, over the you know, finish line, that when they, when they go to the poll with their husbands, they'll, 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 they'll vote for Trump just because they don't want to get into a fight at home. So, so this is where their argument is. And that's, that's the only reason why this is even being used. I mean, it's terrible because, because look, Obama was not great on deportation. They, they, they deported more people during the Obama administration than any, <laughs> than any administration in the past. But they also set up a path to citizenship for DACA. And, and, and they did offer the potential for citizenship for a lot of other people. So there is that, that give and take with it. But, you know, neither side is all, is, isn't already damaged in, in the immigration fight. But now it's about, let's talk about the kids. Nobody's talking about the adults that got, that, that got locked up either for, for months on end, which was something we weren't doing before. Yeah, th- those adults got locked up and were also separated too. 
Yeah. You know, there were wives and husbands separated and, and you know, not to, and separated from their kids. So they were all locked up in different places, uh, which is crazy. And you got to love that the president is going with the Charles Manson uh, defense <laughs> because that's what Charlie Manson said about the gun. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and I want to add something to like what Pete was saying that, you know, how they're trying to reach the moms more, you know, particularly when you see Joe Biden talk about family, you can't fake that. I mean, I'm sorry, or I could be completely wrong. But in my opinion, when you see him talk about family, you know, it, it, it's you're, you're voting for compassion, you're voting for empathy. And to me, that speaks volumes of, of the person that's going to be leading us. Yes, he's a politician. He's been a politician for 47 years. Okay, he's made mistakes in the past. Of course he has. Like I've said this a million times. I've said it on the show. I've said it to people that I know. You're never going to find a perfect politician that's going to check all the boxes for you. You're not going to find the perfect politician that's never made a mistake or that's done everything you want them to do. But when you see this man's humanity and compassion, you do that. That's not fake. I'm sorry. You know, I mean, I don't care what anybody tells me. And that's why he's getting my vote more than anything else. Well, look, right. look at how they're t- attacking you, the, the picture of him hugging and kissing his son. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, his own it's, son. It's, 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 it's he, like, wife. <laughs> he lost his daughter. He lost his son. You mean to tell me that this man has no compassion or, or what you see, you know, he's not being transparent. That just, that makes me so, he reminds me of my father when I see him. You know, oh. when you see someone like that, you just, you know, you, you, he's, he just has this humanity to him that this nation desperately needs. We need this. And, yeah. and listen, the point that, that Veronica made is really important where you're not going to find the perfect politician. You're not going to find the politician that does does everything that you wanted to do. No, but you know what? Not. It's public transportation. It's not an express flight to Thank where you, you want to be perfectly. Thank it's you. public transportation. You're going to get on the train or the bus that's going to get you in the direction of where you want to go and get you as close as you can. And that's what it's about because there's a whole lot of us in this country and we all have different goals. So let's get to the ones that we are all united about together. And that's what it's about. But to, but to be fair, uh, Trump keeps trying to lose Eric, but because his name's sewn in the back of his shirt, they keep sending him back. So I, I just, just want to make sure that's clear. Emma. I, uh, I was a little bit more genuine to say going off the back of what Veronica and uh, Joe said, which is uh, how eerie would it be if a politician was perfect all the time? Because uh, nobody's perfect all the time. We're human. People you can't make trust mistakes. Those people. I don't trust people that that right. appear to be perfect all the hey, time. Yeah. Even right, Jesus it. wasn't perfect. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, thanks, Peter. Sorry. President Camacho. <laughs> like, listen, when someone's perfect, it means that they're the ones who are like hiding shit. Like those are the people with some stuff brushed underneath the rug, because nobody's perfect. Everybody fucks up. And so uh listen, is Joe Biden perfect? No. Good. He also admits his mistakes. I don't know if, we, if we're going to get to a clip of that, but like he admitted his mistakes a couple times over the debate, which I thought was so valuable. Huh. And again, something that Trump is not capable of doing. Oh, I made a mistake. But, you know, he's mm-hmm. never going to admit to any, and that's a huge character flaw in any human being, let alone the president of the United States. So let's get to the last clips that we have. So Trump's theme for much of the night was that Biden was a typical politician who got nothing done. Here may have been his strongest moment in that regard. All night. Didn't he do it four years ago 
Why didn't you do that? Four years ago, even less than that, why didn't you do I it? You were vice president. You keep talking about all these things you're going to do and you're going to do this. But you were there just a short time ago and you guys did nothing. We did. You know, Joe, I, I ran because of you. I ran because of Barack Obama, because you did a poor job. If I thought you did a good job, I would have never run. Uh, I would have never run. <laughs> I ran because of you. I'm looking at you now. You're a politician. I ran because of you. All right, Vice President Biden, your response to that, and then I do have some yeah. questions for both of you. Well, I tell you what, I, uh, I hope he does look at me, because what's happening here is you know who I am. You know who he is. You know his character. You know my character. You know our reputations for honor and telling the truth. I am anxious to have this race. I am anxious to see this take place. I am the character of the country is on the ballot. Our character is on the ballot. Look at us closely. Let me ask some follow-up. Please respond, if and then we're going to have follow-up. This is question. true about Russia, Ukraine, China, other countries, Iraq. If this is true, then he's a corrupt politician. All right. So don't give me the stuff about how you're this innocent baby. Joe, they're calling you a corrupt politician. Nobody's President calling President Trump, I want to stay hell. on the issue Excuse of race. Me. We're Take talking about the, the issue. from hell. President Trump, we're, we're talking about race right now, and I do want to stay on the issue of race. President Trump, you... Okay, so what are your thoughts? Was this a strong knock on Biden? Emma? Um, no. I mean, listen, to his supporters, sure. But to everybody else, listen, I'm biased because I already love Biden and because what he what Biden was saying was so like, my name is Andrew Shepard and I am the president. <laughs> but uh, so like I was sitting there like, oh, my God, it's happening. Um, but like, listen, Trump, he did this thing throughout the debate a couple of times. And like, I think that was the last time he did it where he almost tried to sound like a friend to Biden. Just like, do you know what they're calling you? You have to respond to this. But nobody who isn't him or one of his like deep supporters is calling him that you know no but neither is like the press or any of that he always says they but he never specifically says that Mm -hmm. they is a lunatic or that they is some guy that's been in his that actually has been in his basement this whole time reading you know QAnon and HN and uh and, and that's the they but you know he never specifically says who the they they is well, or they are his minions, Trump's minions, too. You know, that's- well, that, that is that same day. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, again, Trump's argument tonight, and, and again, I thought this was one of, one of the more effective moments he had only because, you know, you know he, was, he was trying to say, well, I, I, I ran for president because I wanted to get rid of politicians. But by actually making that comment, that was probably the most politician-like comment he could have made um, the whole night. Um, But it was effective. And it was effective, especially if you were slightly on the fence, because you could say, well, you know what, there's no way you could consider Donald Trump a politician by the, 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 the usual metrics of what a politician is. And Everything about Joe Biden is a politician, you know, although, you know, maybe his his earnesty is a little bit different, you know, and again, all politicians have to have a couple of things. They have to have a bit of narcissism um, in order to think that they that their opinions are more important than everybody else's and that people are going to want to to listen to them and follow them. And they also have to have a little bit of bullshit in them because not everything they're going to say is going to be truthful. Biden, Biden had a few moments that, that he wasn't being truthful last night. But when 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 you when you look at the scorecards, you you, you kind of can see 
one guy is 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 hitting. You know, I'm going to use a baseball analogy. One guy is hitting a solid 400. The other one's hitting about 110 um, when it comes to honesty. And and I don't think anybody's arguing about which one's which. And so, yeah, if you want to make the argument, well, all politicians are dishonest. There's not a there's there's it's not an impossible argument to make because there is a certain amount of dishonesty in it. But you want to know something? If you're going to tell me that Joe Biden and Donald Trump are on the same playing field with honesty, then you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And and you never will. And so and so that argument goes right out the window. And and so yeah, I think it's a great moment for Trump for a few seconds, and then it's a really good moment for Biden a few seconds later because they both got their points in on that one. And that's probably why this debate wasn't so much a win for either side as maybe a draw or slightly, you know, in my opinion, for Biden. Okay, um, Emma, did you want to add something? I did. I just want to throw out there. I I agree with Peter's sentiment. I just want to spoon over his baseball analogy a little bit. Because if we're looking at the numbers in terms of how much people lied, it's like Biden's hitting 750. Okay, 750. And Trump is hitting 110. I was trying, I was trying not to go like, too high on that. I didn't want to seem partisan. I hear what you're saying. But yeah. just so we're clear, Biden is not lying over half the time. Trump is, but Biden is not. Okay. So race in America was brought up, and of course, there were a lot of fireworks around it. Nobody has done more for the black community than Donald Trump. And if you look, with the exception of Abraham Lincoln, possible exception, but the exception of Abraham Lincoln, nobody has done what I've done. Criminal justice reform, Obama and Joe didn't do it. I don't even think they tried because they had no chance at doing it. Let me ask you very quickly, and then I have a follow-up question for you. Abraham Lincoln here is one of the most racist presidents we've had in modern history. He pours fuel on every single racist fire, every single one. He started off his campaign coming down the escalator saying he's going to get rid of those Mexican rapists. He's banned Muslims because they're Muslims. He has moved around and made everything worse across the board. He says to the, about the poor boys, last time we were on stage here, he said, I told him to stand down and stand ready. Come on. This guy has a dog whistle about as big as a foghorn. President Trump, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to respond, and then I have a follow-up. No, I, he made a reference to Abraham Lincoln. Where did that come in? I mean, you said you're Abraham that, Lincoln. No, no, where did that? No, no. You said, I said not since Abraham Lincoln has anybody right. done what I've done for the black community. And I'm saying, I didn't say I'm Abraham Lincoln. I said not since Abraham Lincoln has anybody done what I've done for the black community. Now, okay, I just have to add. Um, my other Pete, Pete Buttigieg, I don't know if you guys saw his Twitter, or his tweet last night. He said, in 1964, President Johnson passed um, the, the oh, Civil Rights Act. So, yes. And then he says, so show some goddamn respect. I mean, he was like on fire last night. He has been on fire, though, these last couple of days. Check out his Twitter if you have it. He is just amazing. I, I, I like that Trump can't get sarcasm. That's the best. Like, like he can't yeah. wrap his brain around. Like he's kind of he, what a great line. Like that was like the best part from Biden. It's like, yo, Abraham Lincoln over here. It's like, wow, that's very unbiden like. I love it. And then Trump's like, I don't get it. <laughs> I love how he was saying that after like claiming so much the bullshit that he says is sarcasm when he's faced with actual sarcasm. Yeah, he, he like fumbles it completely. I was so hoping we would do this clip that is so funny to me. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's just, it's it's amazing because because if early in the clip when he said, you know, maybe more than anybody other than possibly Abraham Lincoln. So we're not even sure if, it, yeah. if Abraham Lincoln is even is even more more important to the black community than Trump. <laughs> he, he left out the possibility, possibly, possibly. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Let's ask. Let's ask Ice Cube. Cube. No, you know what? Trump has done it all, guys. He's done it all for the African American community. Yeah, and again, it's it's you know I didn't keep I didn't put the clip in about him being the least racist person in America because it's just because he said it before and it's dumb. But I'll say it for the million time. Anybody who has to tell people that they're the least racist person in a room is usually not the least person racist person in a room. Well, and what I noticed was he was more offended. That, the, that he was be, that he was called Abraham Lincoln or saying, wait, why are you calling me Abraham Lincoln? Then him actually being questioned if he's a racist. Like, that just blew my mind. I'm like, wow, that's what you're harping on? But the fact that they're asking you if you're well, a racist? Because he thought he thought he was catching Joe Biden in a senior moment. Yeah. And they'll probably edit some kind of video saying, look, Joe Biden doesn't even know who he's on stage with. Yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a, that's what he thought he was going to get. And clearly, you know, and it's funny because when, when Biden first said it, I kind of was like, what? And then I realized, oh, he's calling him Abraham Lincoln to be a smart ass about it, which I thought, then I thought was really funny. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was great. I like that it all took us a second because it was very unbiden like. It's like, well, yeah. wait, yo, that's cool. <laughs> Just for the record, I caught on right away. And Pete was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that makes yeah. yeah, it didn't it did dawn yeah, on like me I, first. I knew what he was doing. Yeah, I wish I really wish one day we can get like like a regular Jersey guy to run for president because there you get that in every debate. Yo, Abraham Lincoln over oh, here thinks he's his motto. No, I don't want it to be Chris Christie. A steaming pile of dog shit would have been so good at that. <laughs> like, like he just mentioned, Trump did go on to say that he was the least racist person in the debate hall. So let me ask you, can someone both be racist and do some good for African-Americans as president? And if so, do you think Trump is both? Is he both? Yeah, I, I, I mean, look, for, for whatever it's worth, he did do some really good things for 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 black people. I um, mean, he, he did. He did. He uh, did. He did things for, with uh, for black universities. He did. He, he did kind of change the, uh, the the sentencing standards um for for um for for offenders um he did let out a few people from jail mostly because of kim kardashian which is weird enough in its own way of saying so he did do some of that but but again if you look at a lifetime worth of of things that he did do you know i saw something earlier today which i thought was funny the the nixon administration the Justice Department for Nixon sued the Trump family because of discriminating against people of color in their in their um, apartments. And and the comment that I read was, if Nixon thought you were a racist, then that's really bad. Um, and so so it's it's like, yeah, you could do a few nice things for somebody. It doesn't mean you're not a racist. I'm sure at some point in, in their life, a Klan member didn't do something terrible to a black person or maybe or maybe didn't take a parking space from a black person when they were par- both trying to park the car. That doesn't mean that they're going to get man of the year or the Nobel Peace Prize, you know? There's also a lot of stories, too, from the past um, from some African-American employees that he had at his hotels and his casinos where they were asked not to look at him 
when he was walking by just to ignore him that he didn't exist that just you know just keep walking he does not want you to make any eye contact with them so when they asked trump about that uh, in one of the interviews he said oh maybe i did say that maybe i didn't i don't know that he didn't want to socialize with any of his african-american employees but you know he's been accused of that many times so again instead of him saying oh i would never say that you know, why would I not want to, you know, them to associate with me? He, his answer, and it's on record, you can go back and look at interviews that he's actually said. He said, oh, well, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. I don't know. Like, that's not an answer. Like, you're supposed to say, you know what, I would never do that. And if I did, you know, I, I, it was for another reason or what have you. But he actually said that. But again, it goes back to what he always says. I don't know. Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. So it just, it, it's amazing. It's amazing to me. Go ahead, Joe. Sorry. No, there's a story that's floating around that back when Trump was a regular citizen and he got a flat tire and this uh, this black gentleman helped him uh, um, change the tire. And he said, let me give you something. And he goes, no, no, no. And he goes, let me give you something. He's like, oh, let me just get some flowers for my wife. And then apparently the flowers were sent. And then Donald Trump also paid the guy's mortgage. That's a story. And I like, I can't find any follow up on this. <laughs> like, I can't find any facts, fact checking on it. So I don't know if it's true or not. It just doesn't sound very Trumpy. Yeah. <laughs> it does sound like it could be his assistant, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't think he'd let his assistant pay that guy's mortgage. <laughs> Did you notice the difference? He's using all of his father's money anyway. Oh, his dad would have known. His his dad would have been like, no. Okay, so let's get through the last couple clips because we're kind of running late tonight. So um, possibly Joe Biden's biggest mistake was when Trump pushed him into talking about banning oil. Would you close down the oil? By the way, I have a transition from the oil industry, yes. Oh, I that's transition. a big statement. It is a big statement That's a because big statement. I would stop. Why would you do that? Because the oil industry pollutes significantly. Oh, I see. Here's the deal. But That's you can't a big statement. That. Well, if you let me finish the statement, because it has to be replaced by renewable energy over time, over time. And I'd stop giving to the oil industry. I'd stop giving them federal subsidies. He won't give federal subsidies to the to the gas, excuse me, to the to uh, solar and wind. Yeah. Why are we giving it to oil industry? We actually do give it to solar and wind. And that's maybe the biggest statement in terms of business. That's the biggest statement. Because basically what he's saying is he is going to destroy the oil industry. Will you remember that, Texas? Will you remember that, Pennsylvania, Oklahoma? Vice President Biden, let me get. So will that hurt him in a state like Pennsylvania or Texas, where oil is a big part of the economy? Yeah, probably. I mean, probably he's, it'll hurt him a little bit, but then again, is it offset by the fact that there might be a 20 year old now that, that says, Oh, we're going to get rid of um, fossil fuel. Now I'm definitely going to vote for him. So, so maybe, maybe it offsets itself a little bit because some of those on the fence people who were young and idealistic and, and thought that, you know, he wasn't going far enough left. Maybe this is that one area. I know that's not what he meant to do last night. I know that this was clearly a mistake. And what he was trying to say was, you know, we'll get rid of subsidies for them. And eventually, you know, over time, like I said earlier, um, over time, we'll phase them out. But it did come across kind of bad. And like in a place like Western Pennsylvania, that, that only survives because of oil right now, it probably will hurt him a little bit. And Texas, he's not going to win Texas. I mean, if he wins Texas, then he's, he's going to get 400 electoral votes because he's going to win states that we didn't even expect him to win. Okay, Emma? Um, 
I think that a lot of the people who are in the oil industry and like deeply, who are deeply in the oil industry, I tried to say that twice, uh, weren't really voting for him anyway. So like, are there some people who are like in oil, but maybe are more liberal and might've been on the fence? Maybe. But uh, if you're deep in the oil industry, you probably weren't deep into Biden to begin with. And uh, he's right. Oil is going away sooner rather than later. Uh, it's definitely not what he meant to say, but so long as he's up there and he said it, like he's not wrong. Okay. Uh, but it's it's definitely like when when uh, when, when um, Hillary Clinton went to Pennsylvania and said we're going to put coal miners out of work. It's 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 in that same vein. She didn't mean that she was going to make them so that they were unemployed. She was saying that coal mines don't don't derive any real income anymore. They 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 hurt the the uh, they hurt the ecology. The economy doesn't isn't benefited from them. So we're going to put them out of business and we're going to teach you guys how to work a computer. We're going to teach you how to build solar panels and stuff. But she didn't say that part. She just said we're going to put a lot of coal mines out of business, and this was his his time of saying the exact same thing. And you're right, people in the oil industry they weren't going to vote for for Biden, but people in oil country in Pennsylvania, you know, where he grew up, they might. And that's and that's the thing, like where where he lived until he was 13 years old. That's deeply now um, funded by the oil industry, and those people they're not they're not people sitting around with bags of money, you know, um, with their own oil rigs. Those are the people working, you know, working in jobs that they're they're just able to survive on. Um, and those people he might get hurt with a little bit. Like you might start to see some of the numbers in Pennsylvania change a little bit over the last the last few days. Thankfully, he's got enough of a lead that it might not hurt as much as it would have hurt if he'd said it a month ago. Yeah, and Biden said over time too because he's right. Emma's right. The oil industry is slowly going away. I mean, look at the new California regulation where they want to stop having fossil fuel cars being sold by 2035. You know, we're doing that because that's what Europe is doing and that's what Asia is doing. That's what the rest of the world is doing. And we don't want to end up being behind. So, you know, eventually we're going to be driving an electric car, like the lovely i3 and i8 from BMW. You should check out (laughs) your BMW dealer. So the last part, Kristen Walker asked both candidates about their inauguration speech if they should win. Let's watch. This first question does go to you, President Trump. Imagine this is your inauguration day. What will you say in your address to to Americans who did not vote for you? You'll each have one minute, starting with you, Mr. We have to make a country totally successful, as it was prior to the plague coming in from China. Now we're rebuilding it, and we're doing record numbers, 11.4 million jobs in a short period of time, etc. But I will tell you, go back. Before the plague came in, just before, I was getting calls from people that were not normally people that would call me. They wanted to get together. We had the best black unemployment numbers in the history of our country. Hispanic, women, Asian, people with diplomas, with no diplomas, MIT graduates, number one in the class. Everybody had the best numbers. And you know what? The other side wanted to get together. They wanted to unify. To you, what will you say during your inaugural address to Americans who did not vote for you? I will say I'm an American president. I represent all of you, whether you voted for me or against me. And I'm going to make sure that you're represented. I'm going to give you hope. We're going to move. We're going to choose science over fiction. We're going to choose hope over fear. We're going to choose to move forward because we have enormous opportunities, enormous opportunities to make things better. We can grow this economy. We can deal with the systemic racism. And at the same time, we can make sure that our economy is being run and moved and motivated by clear.
clean energy, creating millions of new jobs. And that's the fact. That's what we're going to do. And I'm going to say, as I said at the beginning, what is on the ballot here is the character of this country. Decency, honor, respect, treating people with dignity, making sure that everyone has an even chance. And I'm going to make sure you get that. You haven't been getting it the last four years. All right. All right. All right. Okay, so who do you think won last night's debate? And who do you think undecided voters think won last night's debate? Let's start with you, Joe. Um, Again, is there really that many undecided voters left? Um, This one, to me, if I was undecided, it would be a draw. I could see positives and negatives from both sides. Mm -hmm. Um, I was much more impressed with President Trump's um, uh, performance uh, in the debate. Um, but like, I still saw him like get unhinged in places. Um, uh, Biden just seems really level. I mean, I, I know who I'm voting for. Um, I'm going to call it a draw for undecided voters. I don't think that this would have made a difference. I'm with you. I agree with you. Um, Pete, what about you? Well, I, I, I sort of agree with what, with, with what you're saying. I, I think that, Biden didn't do himself any harm on stage last night, other than maybe that one comment about oil. Um, And I don't think Trump did himself enough of a favor to win enough people back at this point. I I mean, can can you see the margins change a little bit? They're probably going to either way, because now tomorrow morning we're going to wake up. We're 10 days away from the election and and things are going to tighten no matter what, because there are still a few people on the fence. By the way, if you're still undecided at this point, Fucking vote for Trump because you know what? You're too stupid to be to be on the same side as us. <laughs> I'm just I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. If you haven't, and I'm not saying that if you were undecided and then decide to vote for Trump, that that's a bad thing. It's that after all this time, after months and months, and after years of of, the, of this presidency, if you're not a hundred percent sure one way or the other, then really you shouldn't even vote. Just just ignore us. Just just don't listen because you're too stupid to be to be casting a ballot. You 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 know gutturally in your gut you should have known a long time ago which one of these two people you wanted to to be running this country. And if you're still going, oh, I'm not sure what I want to do, then you're a moron. So so I don't think that that Biden hurt himself. And so I don't think this is going to change the the, ele- the, the election very much. The opinions of Peter are not the opinions of TMI. No, I, 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 you know, you're right. I, but I don't care because my opinion is, is that if, you, if you've if you waited this long, if you're not 10 days away from this election and you still don't know who to vote for, go go, go jump off a bridge. Or no, something. don't do that. Do, do something sensible. You know, just, you know, really think it out. Take a nice long drive in a beautiful well, BMW. Why didn't, they, why didn't they do that already? <laughs> I mean, why didn't they do that already? I just really why think about make, it. I don't care which person they were going to vote for, but by now there shouldn't be any question. You either you're either all in for what Trump is offering or you're all in for what Biden is offering. But you can't tell me that both of them haven't distinguished themselves enough to tell you which side you want to go for. You know, and it's like, oh well, you know what, I might just write in somebody or I might go with the libertarian candidate. And I get it. There's people out there that, that say that they're not happy with either of the two parties. Guess what? One of those two people is going to be president of the United States and they're going to be making decisions 
decisions on your behalf. And sadly, for some of the younger people that are that way, one of these two people is going to be making the decision. Well, both of these people are going to be making decisions that are going to affect you way more than they're going to affect me. So if you want to go put Joe Jorgensen's name on, on, on a ballot or you want to put IP freely or whatever stupid fucking name you want to come up with, just, just be really happy with whatever decisions the person you didn't choose who's now running the country makes for your life for the next few decades. Because that's what you're doing. Okay, I really want to wrap this up. Okay, Emma, thoughts? Who undecided uh, voters? Who do you think won? Undecided voters? Um, I don't entirely agree with everything Peter just said, but I do think that there aren't necessarily undecided voters. There's people who don't want to say that they're voting for Trump. So I think that undecideds probably fell on Trump's side because they're not undecided. They just don't want to say they're voting for Trump. Um, but overall, I think that Biden did a better job. If you look at what they had to accomplish, uh, Trump probably, one, one Alan analyst, yikes, one analyst uh, yesterday said that Trump stopped the bleeding, but he didn't make any gains and he needed to do more than stop the bleeding. So Biden probably won. You know, it's, it's amazing because Peggy Noonan, who's a, who's a very prominent um, Republican, well, conservative um, reporter, has been around for 4,000 years. She, the, the nicest thing she could say about last night is that he didn't come across like a raving lunatic. And, and if that's your metric of, of, of success, then you know what? You were going to lose this no matter what. You know, he wasn't. You're right. He wasn't a raving lunatic on stage. He was he was almost a normal person on stage, regardless of what, whatever he said or what lies were said or not said. You know, he was almost a normal person. So if that's what your, your, your metric is to decide who your next leader is, go for it. You know what? And what you just said, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's just so pathetic that that's what we have. That's the bar. You know, it's like, OK, well, he, you know, he, he didn't do so bad. He was actually somewhat of an adult. Wow. We, they had to turn That's off. They had to come up with a rule to turn off his mic to make him that way. So yeah. let's make that really clear. Yeah. Okay. So I have one last clip for anyone who was wondering how Melania Trump really feels about her husband. Watch very carefully because it's very subtle. There you go. Okay. Yeah, she she clearly was. I, my favorite comment I saw on Twitter last night is somebody wrote, "Somebody's clearly going to get choked in an elevator tonight." Oh. <laughs> I think Tom Arnold tweeted that. Was it Tom Arnold that said it? I don't know who said it. I just saw it. I thought it was so funny. Yeah, I just think that the check hasn't cleared yet for last night. <laughs> I think I think it's pretty bad when she'd rather touch Mitch McConnell's hands than his. Oh. <laughs> Especially with Mitch McConnell's hands as they are now. Okay, so I really want, I want to go quickly with our bets that we placed two nights ago. So speaking <laughs> of winners and losers last night, on Wednesday, we looked at many of the Las Vegas wagers for last night's debate, and we bet on them. Let's go through how it, let's go through how it all worked out. Elizabeth couldn't be here tonight, or Chris, but the met bets were made by her, myself, Peter, Emma, and Joe, and of course, Chris and Elizabeth. Okay, guys, so this is what we're going to do. So I looked it over. I'm going to give you guys your score as of right now, but there's a couple of ones that I just wanted to quickly discuss because I didn't know the answer. And then if you got that one right, just add a point to your existing score. So as of right now, Pete, you have 16 points. Okay. Okay. Joe, 14. Eat it. Um, Emma, 21. Oh, I have 20. Uh, For Chris, if he watches later on or listens, uh, Chris, 13. And Elizabeth, 15. So these are the ones I want to quickly go over. So if you got them right, just remember your score and just add it to that. 
Okay, so let's see. I'm at 20. Okay. So the one that I wasn't sure about is the first state that was mentioned. Was it Tennessee? No. Okay, so none of us get a point because we all said it was going to be the first state. Okay. Um, did he say hoax? Yes, he did, he did yeah, say. He, he did. said he, he said Russia, 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 Russia hoax, just like I told you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so um, we all said no to that. I said yes. Okay, you said yes. The rest of us said no. So Pete, out of point to yours. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, the another question was: Is uh, Joe Biden going to bring up? No, I'm sorry. It was yes. Was Joe Biden going to bring up his children? Peter, you had said no. Joe, you said yes. Uh, the three of us said yes. You meaning Trump's, Trump's children. Trump's yes. children. So, was, were they brought up? No. No. Oh, they were not brought up. Okay, so Pete, you get another point. Ooh, looks like I'm catching up on somebody, Emma. Now, the the next question was um, seniors who. Who brought up seniors first, Trump or Biden? Trump. Trump did. Okay, so Pete, you get another point. Uh, that's it. Uh, Joe, Emma, and me, we've all said Biden. Okay. The next Uh-oh. one was... I'm at 20 now, so I'm talking with Veronica. Yeah. So George Floyd, was he brought up? No. No. Okay, Elizabeth gets one more point. She said no. We all said yes. Um. Now the housewives won. I think all of you said he wasn't going to say housewives, you know, like me. I was the only one that said yes. Did he say that or not? No. no. Okay, so all of you guys get an Ooh. extra point. 22. So 22 to 21 now. Uh-oh. Okay, uh, let's see. What did he met? Uh, was very fine people mentioned? No. 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 Okay, so Joe, you get an extra point. Emma, you get an extra point. Okay. Antifa, was it said over... Uh, is it over 15, after 15 minutes? Wait, no, no. Antifa, was it said more than two times? No. 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 Okay, we all get one point. So add one point to your score. Um, Let's see, the last one. Two more. Fake media. Did, did Trump mention fake media more than two times? No. Okay, we all said he was going to, so we Ooh. don't get an extra point. Ooh. And then finally... Um, is he gonna? Did he mention the do nothing Democrats? We all said yes. Yeah, he, was, he did. No. Okay, so what is your final score? Emma won. Emma Good job. And Pete, you were you came in second, right? I got twenty two. All right. So congratulations, Emma. So your prize is going to be a picture of our dogs in their Halloween costumes in a frame. So, hey. whatever you can win, I'm okay with that. Wait till the best prize. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was going to be a set of Lee Press On nails. <laughs> no, we're splurging now. <laughs> <laughs> That's our show for tonight. Thank you so much for joining us by watching us or listening to us. And we'll see you back here again on Monday at 6 p.m. Bye, everyone. Have a great weekend and stay safe. Bye. Bye. Good Go job, on, vote. <laughs> Thank you.